Good morning, friends. Uh, coming to you after the open today. It is 9.38 a.m. And uh, rather than churning out something useless pre-market, I uh, figured that, you know, why don't we give it a try giving it a, a post-market uh, post open today. So <coughs> we'll... Uh, We'll, we'll be able to talk about what's actually happening in the market on the open as opposed to just talking about futures, but uh, we'll start talking about uh, last week. So on Friday, uh, all three U.S. exchanges closed down or flat, um, you know, we call that flat red or flat green uh, on a pretty bumpy trading session um, with some serious volatility happening in the afternoon. Um, and that was largely due to the triple witching. Uh, for those who don't know, the triple witching is uh, it's a trading event. It happens on the third Friday of March, June, September, and, and uh, December, so once a quarter. Uh, and what it is is the simultaneous uh, expiration or rollover, in some cases, of various futures and options contracts. Right. So typically that causes huge volatility as all these options flood into the market. Um, you can see big swings up or down or occasionally flat. Um, depending on you know which direction uh, traders think the market's going in overall, um, we saw a turn to the downside on Friday, but it wasn't super meaningful, all things considered. Uh, but it does hint to a little pessimistic, a uh, little bit of pessimistic activity from options traders. Um, cases of coronavirus continued to surge last week and over the weekend in California, Florida, Texas, Arizona. Uh, our favorite uh, epidemiologist, uh, Dr. Fauci, came out saying that he thinks. The NFL and NCAA seasons might need to be canceled, um, not adding to his popularity. People used to love him when he was kind of holding our hand through the beginning of this. But uh, as you know, he's maintained his thesis that this is serious and we need to take it seriously. And Americans have kind of gotten sick of hearing that. Uh, they started to hate him. So, you know, whether you're right or wrong or whether you're speaking the truth or something else, uh, public opinion doesn't necessarily always favor the truth. Sometimes people just want to be told what uh, they want to be told, and he is just not doing that right now. Um, I think you know he's probably right to do so. I think he'd probably be violating his uh, Hippocratic oath if he had uh, said all is hunky dory. But he thinks that all is not hunky dory. I agree with him. Um, who knows? Maybe the market will start to pay attention. You should. Um, there was a report out from Harvard researchers uh, over the weekend saying that. The richest 25% of Americans cut their spending the most during this pandemic. Um, spending among that portion of the population is down 17% since the outbreak of the uh, pandemic uh, compared to low-income Americans whose spending is only down 4%. Uh, that makes sense to me. I mean, that's not a hugely important stat. I thought it was a little interesting, but, you know, the wealthier folks tend to spend on travel, hotels, restaurant, leisure, spend, uh, stuff that's just not available at the moment. So they're not spending on it. Um, you know, they're sitting on cash or whatever, paying down debt. Um, whereas the poor Americans, you know, typically have to spend on staples, so stuff that they need no matter what. Uh, food, clothing, housing, electricity, shit like that. Um, Let's, uh, let's talk also about Wirecard. Okay, Wirecard is a German payments company. And on Thursday, after hours here in the U.S., uh, one of their auditors came uh, out with a report saying that uh, they can't find $2.1 billion that uh, should have been there, that existed on their balance sheet, um, but they just couldn't find it. Uh, there's been some speculation that that $2.1 billion may have just never existed. Uh, these guys were holding money for some Philippine banks that they do payment processing for that... You know, their speculation just might not exist. Um, they were down 34% uh, 
uh, on Friday during the trading session. Um, we'll see. They were uh, actually up a little bit in futures when I checked earlier, but uh, it looks like they're trading. Uh, where are they? Well, they've closed because they don't trade over here. But yeah, they're still up a tiny little bit. Um, but stay the hell away from that one. That thing is hairy. Uh, interesting story. Uh, over the weekend, it was kind of a, a bit of a holocaust for statues and monuments. Uh, everybody from Robert E. Lee to Ulysses Grant and Abe Lincoln and, uh, and now very sad to report uh, Teddy Roosevelt. Um, the New York Times announced yesterday that uh, the Natural Museum, the Natural History Museum uh, on Central Park West here in New York, which happens to be my favorite museum, uh, Teddy Roosevelt happens to be my favorite president, uh, they'll be removing the statue out front, which uh, is Teddy on a horse with uh, a Native American uh, on one of his sides and, uh, you know, an African potentially slave uh, on the other side. Uh, although Teddy was not a slaveholder, he existed after the Civil War. Uh, well, he was born when the Civil War was happening. Uh, actually, his dad dodged the draft, <laughs> paid for somebody to go fight in his stead, uh, which is part of what uh, kind of gave Teddy this urge to serve. He was a little ashamed of that. So he uh, was very active militarily. And um, there's some speculation that, you know, his desire to regain honor for his family is what led uh, ultimately to us declaring war in Spain uh, at the late 19th century, early 20th century and Spanish-American War. Uh, I got some good books for you to read on that if you're so curious. But uh, that family has a long, a long and distinguished uh, history of service since uh, his father's draft dodging. In fact, one of his sons actually died in World War One. He was a, a naval or a uh, a pilot, a, a biplane, biplane pilot. He was killed over France. Um, so uh, that was pretty sad for me. I like Teddy. Uh, I don't like the destruction of history. If you listen to this, you know that I like history. Uh, I understand that people are upset, but uh, this feels very childish, and um, I don't know. I was always taught that uh, we should use our words and uh, our thoughts to evoke change and express ourselves, not just rip shit down that we don't like. Um, but I don't know. Not everybody was raised the way I was. All right. Uh, thoughts on today. Um, it's the first official week of summer, and uh, we are open. It's 9.45 a.m., and the Dow is down 52 points. The S&P is down 44. Uh, these are basis points, remember. And the NASDAQ is down 20 um, who knows what happens with the market today? I don't see any good news on the calendar. I see increasing coronavirus cases. I see Apple starting to close stores that they had reopened. I see Fauci getting, uh, again, vocal. Um, I see geopolitical issues lingering. Uh, I think, uh, who knows? We'll see what happens. But uh, Europe's down. Asia's pretty mixed. Uh, oil is down. Gold is up. Uh, agriculture was down across the board. Why do we rarely talk about agriculture? Um Gold and oil are, are very correlated to public equity markets. Um, they usually move along with them. So, you know, when equities are up, oil is usually up. When equities are down, um, gold is usually up, vice versa. Um, you know, cattle, rubber, lumber, soy, coffee, corn, wheat, rice, etc. They kind of trade in their own bucket. They trade in their own silo. Um, obviously, gold and, and oil are commodities, but those other agricultural commodities are considerably more commodified, and uh, they don't have the kinds of uh, future speculation uh, that gold and oil do because they trade so close to their actual price. The spreads just aren't there, uh, so traders don't pay a lot of attention to them, um, and they don't swing the way that oil and gold uh, do, and they are less indicative. 
um, of what's going to happen. Uh, and this is coming from the descendant of a failed uh, frozen orange juice concentrate trader. So uh, commodities have long been something I care about. Um, the president, Donald Trump, is having lunch with Mike Pence today. That was on his calendar that I read in the Wall Street Journal today in the president's calendar. Uh, makes me wonder what's on the menu. I feel like these guys are probably, I don't know, I mean, looks. from what I understand, uh, Donald's got pretty pedestrian tastes uh, for a man of his financial status. Um, and Mike Pence, I, I still think he might be made of wax. I don't know if he eats food. Um, but my guess would be like a fluffernutter and a banana sandwiches or something like that, or like fried bologna for pants on white bread. And um, I don't know, maybe a Big Mac for Trump. I got to hope. I love McDonald's. I'm, in, I'm a McDonald's uh, minority shareholder. So um, I don't know. Any publicity is good publicity. Um, so another report this morning, uh, is the summer job dead? Uh, 25% unemployment in industries like leisure, retail, and hospitality, which is where you may have worked as you know a kid or a high schooler or in between uh, semesters at college. Um, you know these sectors are getting whacked right now. So as kids look for summer jobs, you know they're not looking to just be hired on as extra help. You know these jobs are just not there, and the people that are going to be getting these jobs are probably going to be pretty experienced industry uh, industry workers who just have been unemployed. So. I don't know. Maybe you'll see some some folks out there with mustaches <laughs> selling uh, selling lemonade and offering to mow your lawn. Um, who knows? Uh, if I keep wasting my time, I might be out there pitching lawn mowing too. Uh, all said, that's a good business. I know from experience. Um, Apple's Worldwide Developer Conference starts today. Uh, obviously, they're doing it remotely. Uh, what is the Worldwide Developer Conference? It's, a, it's an event that Apple hosts annually right around this time of year. They announce new products, initiatives, etc. cetera. Uh, I think what people are going to be paying most attention to today is what they have to say on the semiconductor side. Um, a lot of these systems companies, so, you know, Apple, Microsoft, um, Google, etc., they traditionally outsource the people who build their custom chips to do the types of custom programs that they run. They've been looking over the last couple of years to bring that in-house. They've been hiring a lot of analog chip designers. They've been hiring a lot of electrical engineers. And um, yeah, you know, they're trying to vertically integrate and it makes sense, especially because semiconductors are, are so valuable and they're so expensive and the market is just kind of perpetually um, exposed to all kinds of risks that these companies want to mitigate. So I'll be keeping an eye on Apple's Worldwide Developer Conference. We talked about Apple a couple weeks ago. We know that we think the company's still overvalued. I don't know how you feel. I'm always curious to get feedback, so let me know. Um, Tyson, Tyson Chicken, TSN is the, chi is the ticker, is under some pressure in China. Um, their stock is down about 2.5% uh, uh, right off of the open. Um, there were reports that... Uh, there were some coronavirus outbreaks that happened in China that initiated in their plants. So we'll be watching that story. Um, new home sales data is out today. That looks like it's been improving. Uh, people are starting to list homes. So inventory is coming onto the market. That's been the real bottleneck there. So I would expect home sales to be ripping through the end of the summer because we basically missed the entire spring season. So for those real tours out there, um, I hope it's going to start raining on you. Uh, chart of the day. Um, Mega cap tech stocks now represent more than 24% of the S&P's market cap. So you might remember that old acronym FANG, right? Facebook, Apple, Netflix, Google. Uh, they've extended that to FANG with two A's and an M on the end. 
uh, so Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, Google, Microsoft. Anyways, uh, across those six companies, we see 24% of the S&P's market cap. So, um, you know, when there's a big buoy in tech that lifts the entire exchange, muddies the waters a little bit, doesn't really give us that index view. Used to be kind of a cute acronym. Now, uh, who fucking knows what it's going to be? You know, it's going to be like 18 letters at some point. Um, but uh, we looked at that chart today as, as their share of market cap in the S&P has grown consistently since about mid-2014, when they were basically more balanced as part of the total market cap. So the S&P maybe not even be a good indicator of index. <laughs> it's really just a, an agglomeration of texts. It's a tech basket. Let's, let's, let's be straight here. All right, let's go back in time. Today in history, 2008, George Carlin died, one of the great American comedians, dark humor, one of my favorite guys. Uh, you should listen to some of his stuff if you don't know it. It's great. He's got the famous line of, uh, why do they call it the American dream? Because you have to be asleep to believe it. Uh, you might not like to hear that kind of stuff, but he's pretty funny. Uh, 1941, Germany violated their non-aggression pact uh, of 1939 with the Soviet Union and launched Operation Barbarossa. Um, which uh, invaded mainland Soviet Union proved to be a bad call opening up that front for the Germans in World War II. Good for the larger world, no doubt. Uh, terrible conflict in the Soviet Union. Millions died, but uh, that was a severe strategic oversight by the, uh, the German Third Reich. 1940, um, just a year earlier, Vichy France was established uh, when... Philippe Pétain, the Grand Marshal of France, who was of World War I fame, uh, basically signed a, a, a merger agreement with uh, Nazi Germany and ran uh, a puppet government out of Vichy, which is in southern France. Um, and uh, that's why it's known as Vichy France. Um, Charles de Gaulle and, and a few others, uh, you know, continued to run the resistance government in exile and ultimately would come back and... Uh, the Vichy's got uh, their, their, their comeuppance, believe you me. Uh, in 1815, Napoleon Bonaparte abdicated for the second time as French emperor. That was his last abdication. Uh, after his first, you know, he was exiled to the Isle of Alba. He came back, had a wonderful comeback. He would not have a comeback this time. Uh, he would die in 1821. In 1611, we're closing on this one. In 1611, uh, Henry Hudson of the Hudson's Bay Company was mutinied. Um, he was an English explorer, uh, came over here, explored the Hudson Bay. You may recognize his name from the Hudson River um, in the all, you know, still named Hudson Bay. Uh, he was uh, set adrift <laughs> with his son and seven others from his party, and their fate remains unknown. Um, I do not know all the details of that mutiny. I'm not sure why exactly uh, his boys turned against him, but that's pretty tough go. Um, now, his legacy lives on uh, with the Hudson's Bay Company, which is publicly traded and is still out there. And they actually own Saks Fifth Avenue. It's an interesting company. You should take a look at it. Uh, I mean, you shouldn't buy it, but you should read about it because it's interesting. Uh, they operate in retail, but they're getting hammered like everybody else right now. All right. It is 953. Uh, that was our first post, uh, post-open episode. I hope you guys don't hate me for it, but I hope you have a great Monday and I hope we can see each other soon.